Hello, and welcome to Season 4 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. We are Matt and Kevin, and each week we're bringing you news about gaming, pop culture, and of course, Overwatch. This week, we talk about responses from game devs, more NFTs, and Overwatch 2 news. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are actually back this week. This is not a... a, Well, I mean, technically it's pre-recorded because um, we recorded it before you're listening to it. So yeah. it's been recorded in that sense, but not in the sense that we did it a year ago. We did it, well, technically, since we're releasing it Thursday, we did it 15 minutes before Thursday. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not procrastinating. We didn't procrastinate. We just watched everything everywhere all at once independently. Happened to do that on the same night. Yeah, so. just coincidentally on the same night. Is this your first time watching it? Did you? Is this your it first is. time this going was through my it? First time watching it. Same, same. And like my my sister has been bugging me to actually sit down and watch it. And <laughs> oh my, God. my sister had to watch it for class. So yeah, and like I I was mentioning to my sister after the fact, I was like, "Yo, thank God, I didn't have to write a paper on this afterwards, because <laughs> like I would have lost my mind just trying to get <laughs> all this together." My sister has to do an assignment on it. So good luck to her. But it was I don't it's not what I expected. Like this seems like what Multiverse of Madness could have been. Yeah, yeah. And it would have been a lot crazier, but like at the same time like I get it. This is a this is a I it, it doesn't have, you know, the big budget of you know, a Marvel film, but it still covers quite a bit and I'm I'm yeah. really like I mean, I, it's whenever an I see a movie, film, so it's yeah, it's, it's an, an A twenty four film. It's harder to digest. Like, Multiverse of Madness is definitely a uh, for the masses, easy to digest, just meant to make money. This is definitely an an artsier film. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect of it, which I expected, but I didn't expect as much of it as we got. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, oh, this is probably just gonna be like another like chill thing. And sit down and enjoy the ride, but then it just, yeah, kind of, kind of done goofed with the brain a little bit. I, <laughs> I didn't. I think we we're going that hard. It felt like a bunch of different movies put together at once. I yeah, I mean it, it's fine in that fact too, because like we have a lot to cover in it. Hmm. I don't know. It's like I appreciated how. I think I think I I wanted to enjoy I enjoyed it. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I think I wanted to enjoy it more than I did, partially just because of my internal struggle with the Marvel films and how it's just very low stakes now for every single film you watch. Um, but like with Multiverse of Madness, it's like I, I appreciated the horror aspects of it. I appreciated Benedict Cumberbatch. I appreciated all the like the little Easter eggs they threw in there. But um I don't know. It, it just it it didn't do the multiverse thing as well as I thought it was going to do. Whereas everything everywhere did the multiverse thing a lot better. The action was definitely a lot better done. Like there's actual good fight scenes without the shaky cam or like 
without mm-hmm. it being overly CGI. Like you can tell it was like well choreographed. It was fun to watch as opposed to like a lot of Marvel action scenes, which are just so they're so baked into like the the movie landscape now where it's like they, they kind of all blend together when you watch a Marvel action scene. But again, like it, it was a little bit harder to like grasp the story of this and like the themes and where everything was going. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like it's definitely a very good film, a very well-made film. And it's definitely a film that like, I think deserves at least a nomination for something this year oh yeah for sure like i felt like the the movie definitely like makes you think and it's definitely an artsier film and i i would greatly appreciate it if uh you know the academy took took note i mean there's a lot of like little like bits of it that like i greatly enjoyed i I love just like how quirky it was in some moments and you're just Mm -hmm. like yeah i'm just gonna go for the ride like but yeah, I don't I don't know how else to describe it. If you haven't seen if you haven't seen it, go ahead and see it once. Um, try to yeah. turn off your brain uh, and just enjoy the enjoy the ride first. Because I swear, if I was still writing papers on this, <laughs> like I would have I would have had to stop like halfway through, like jot down my notes again and then go back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was a fun ride for sure. I appreciate that. Like it's the movie that brought Kihui Kwan, who is. Um, short round in Indiana Jones. And I think in the Goonies, I think he plays data or whatever his name is. I haven't seen the Goonies full through and I haven't seen Mm -hmm. it in a couple of years. So I don't really know that character all that well, but he's in it and he did a very good job. Um, It's, it's, I think if you're going to make a return to cinema, this was the movie for him to do it for. And he, oh, yeah, he did sure. it very effectively. It's a very memorable role for him, a very memorable film. And it showed, I think it showed a lot of his range and talent as an actor. Same thing with Michelle Yeoh. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, pretty much every actor in the film like got to portray themselves and, and not about themselves, but portray their roles through a huge range just because of the nature of the multiverse of this mm-hmm. film. Um, that was a lot of fun. I don't think this is a spoiler, but like, Kevin, if we had hot dog fingers. Hot dog fingers, yeah. Yeah, they showed that in the trailers, right? The hot dog fingers? Yeah. Okay, so that's not a spoiler, but like, hot dog finger universe. Just, the, just how would anything ever get done? Just. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very important question that I unfortunately don't have the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, and just evolutionary wise, it's like, why is it only fingers? Why not hot dog toes too? Hmm. The complexities well, yeah. of the multiverse are staggering. Yeah, this whole movie, like the thing that like I greatly appreciated about it is like I had to sit down and watch like for I think it was for film class. Yeah, one of my film classes, I had to sit down and watch the entirety of um, you know, the movie. Uh, the Tree of Life. I've heard of it. I have never seen it. Okay, so like that's another one that goes over like the entire creation of our universe from like the very beginning, and then like scaling it in the grand importance of like a family that's having like issues, but like 
that one was like I think it was like a three hour movie and like I was losing it halfway through and I was like I, I can't do this <laughs> so I'm glad that like this one kind of makes it a little it makes it easier to digest which I definitely enjoy a lot more um and I hope that like we get more of that where we could just have like a film where yeah it's deep and complex but it's also like not impossible to digest straight up mm-hmm. i think in general that's like very uh emblematic of I, th- I think that's the word i'm trying to look for of mm-hmm. um a24 films where like you know mm-hmm. they're going to be artsy but just like just artsy enough to make you feel smart after you've watched it and if you understand what went on you know yeah it doesn't make you feel dumb at the end you're not like what what's going on like I mean, at the end of this film, you're still like, "What's going on?" But at the same time, you're like, "I could accept it for." Yeah, that's, you that's kind of get it, even if you don't yeah. like comprehend all of the things that went on. Like, as long as yeah. you kind of get it, it's like, "I watched this film. I understood what happened." <laughs> yeah, I got, I got most of it. We're good. Anyway, so how have you been in the past two weeks since we've actually talked, Kevin? Oh, two weeks. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think the the highlight was last Saturday. Um, I went to meet up with a with a couple peeps who I haven't talked to in a while. So um, it was essentially Art U. So like my alma mater, uh, the Academy of Art University, UC Berkeley. So hanging out with like the people who I work with now. Mm-hmm. And then um, USF, who we've also played against quite a bit. Um, essentially, like our club presidents and like the managers all got together. Uh, we had fun and we just we talked about where we're at and where we're going. Um, and it's really it's really nice to like sit down and have that chat with them again. It was not only nice to like, you know, see everybody again and just be like, hey, like, how's life? How's everything going? But also. To just say, like, you know, esports is more than just, you know, competing against another school. There's, like, a lot of, like, community and stuff that really goes into it that a lot of people really do overlook. Like, the the fact that, like, I'm able to play a game against, like, I'm playing a game against some of the craziest players who I've ever had to face in a lobby. Um, but also just, like, being able to like sit down and talk about like career paths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like we are rival schools, like we, we all respect what we're doing and what we're all working on. So um, I greatly enjoyed the talk. We were able to just, you know, catch up, have some good food. We went to Japantown afterwards uh, in typical Kevin fashion. I bought enough manga to keep me, uh, keep me alive for another quarantine. So we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was a definitely a a good talk on Saturday. Um, it was just a really nice way of just hanging out and uh, talking about career paths, essentially. Summer camp is still going on. Um, that was fun. Uh, and yeah, I'm still still teaching kids about esports. So How's definitely, that been going? A, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to put it to put it in a nice way, it's it's a very interesting course, just because like we don't have like we have a lot of like it, essentially it's hard to hold the attention of a lot of students, 
um and to teach him like things that are a little bit more complex about the game um it's unfortunate that like once again like we're trying to get overwatch for them but we don't have the option to do so just because like we we don't have full licenses for everybody Mm -hmm. so it gets to a point where like we're trying to explain to them how this game works or like how it would work and then it's essentially me playing like crazy coach roles for a while uh until they're finally like oh okay yeah that that works like um but yeah for the most part it's just it's just weird and uh and insane for the most part did you do anything over the uh the long weekend um let me let me check what did i do um i did the j-town trip uh no, we we really didn't go out much, which is kind of it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's like yeah, there's there's not much to do. I mean, it's so. not sad when you're an adult. Like not doing anything is also like <laughs> it's also doing it's also a lot, doing something like you're yeah. you're enjoying not doing something. Yeah, it's, having a moment to breathe is is really nice. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing crazy happened. Um. I ran an escape room again. Uh, I did that yesterday. Ooh. Um, went back to went back to the job for like one room because my um my cousins wanted to go, and so I told them like, hey, if you guys want to go, I I will game master your game, and they're like, oh, okay, and so they let me know what time. I did it. I still have like the same routine. Everything still works. So uh, I'm glad that you know I'm not out of touch. So when I do return in like a month, uh, I have. Not much to worry about. Yeah, you, you still got the, the magic. Yeah, it's it's in there somewhere. Uh, how about you? How was your week? Did you enjoy your three-day weekend? Uh, how are you still brain-functioning even after watching that movie? Um, I think I'm brain-functioning after I watch the movie just because my brain is just at the point where it's like... Just <laughs> everything that happens is just such utter sheer insanity... That it's just like, this might as well happen. It's probably a, a really messed up dream, but okay, we'll we'll go with it. Um, so I, I I honestly don't understand how I'm able to function after the mind melt that was that movie, but <laughs> we'll, we're doing our best here. Um, aside from that, I did I tell you I've been bowling more recently. Oh, I heard, yeah, I heard that you uh, you wanted to take a shot of bowling, yeah. Yeah, so I've started doing that just because, like, okay, like, I don't know how they can justify this price, but, like, a normal hour for bowling per person at the bowling alley that I go to that's by my house is, like, or, or guess, I don't know if I've made you, I've told you this number before, but guess how much it costs to do an hour of bowling. At the an bowling hour. One an hour. hour of bowling. Okay. Per person. Per person. Per person. Oh, like usually you would think like maybe like ten, maybe fifteen if if we're really pushing it. Um, okay, okay. Is it, is it not? It is not that. Is it way more expensive? It is way more expensive. Oh yikes! Um, let a uh, like thirty. It, it it is not that cheap. Is it cheap? <laughs> Is it like 50 bucks? It's not that expensive. It's $40 per an hour normally. 
It's ridiculous. It, it's it is ridiculous, which is why we don't go every day. We go on like so. There's there's this thing with that they do like it's kind of like an after dark quote unquote bowling thing where it's like nine mm-hmm. to eleven thirty when they close. It's like twelve dollars for the entire time period. Mm-hmm. So we just do that and hopefully we'll, we get a lane. Normally, like we haven't had an issue so far, but there's some nights where it's like really really packed because like it's a fun activity. It's like cheap there's a bar there's like a pizzeria inside the uh bowling alley um so we do that so i've been i've been doing that for a little bit some some of my throws are pretty good some of them aren't there's people who like you you can tell that they live at this bowling alley because mm-hmm. they have like all the clothes they have their own like custom bowling balls or, or specific mm-hmm. bowling balls or like they have the technique technique down where like they're curving the ball or they'll have like this weird way of throwing it that like you can tell took them practice, but it's fun. I enjoy it. Um, it's also an excuse for me to drink. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> oh my God. So I, I went to the, normally I don't have a problem, like just getting as much alcohol as I want there, but I went to the bar and I don't know what this woman's problem was. Cause like normally I can just, like I said, I can just go to the bars like, Hey, can I get this, this and this? And then they just give it to me. They'll card me, of course, but they'll give it to me. And I guess this woman was just being safe, I guess. But so I ordered two Jello shots, an IPA, and uh, a mango cart. And then for some reason, she could not believe that all of these were for me. And then she's like, "Well, I, I, I can't just give you this. I need to see the IDs of everyone in your party. Make sure everyone's twenty-one." I'm like, "Oh no, no, this is all for me." No, I need to see everyone in your party. No, no, I am the only one drinking these. And she's like, you're drinking all of this. Yes, just you. Yes. Yes. And it's just like, I think she just couldn't believe it. So another guy had to like come over and and take care of me for that. But it's like, it's not even that much. It's two beers and two <laughs> jello shots. There like, you go. Yeah, normally, that's really I, not that bad. It's really not. And I told my friends and my, like, my friends on the Zomnix are like, Dude, I drank more than that just checking my email today. <laughs> but it's like I can I my that's not even the most I've had. I've gone there, I've had like five jello shots and like five mango carts and an IPA, and I was fine. I didn't I barely felt it, which is like, oh, my tolerance is going up. But also they didn't have a problem serving me as long as I wasn't passed out falling over drunk. And it's yeah, as long as you're so not like dead, like, like you're you're yeah. fine. I was fine. I came home that night and I watched. I I did the IPA did it for me. The Elysian Space Dust. It's a weird IPA. It's supposed to have like hints of like orange and mango and I think papaya or something. But it just tastes like weed because it's like a very hoppy IPA. Mm. So it tastes like weed, (laughs) but like it gets me drunk pretty quickly. So I just came home kind of buzzed and watched the uh, the Apple Dinosaur Show. Apple TV's prehistoric planet because I have a couple months free from buying a an iPod or whatever. Um, <laughs> but there was that. And then I did nothing with my time on the weekend, which was fantastic because normally I'm driving myself insane. Oh, and this weekend, something that I'm looking forward to is so my it's like the anniversary of the comic shop that I go to. And one mm. of the things that they're auction not they're auction they're not auctioning it off they're um, raffling off um, is a three hundred dollar ukulele, and oh, I nice. want it because I I have a ukulele already, but it's not a three hundred it's a hundred dollar ukulele. I want the three hundred dollar ukulele, there you um, go. and I have a decent number of tickets like 
in the pot. Um, but I think the last time they had a raffle, like I didn't go just cause I was busy. I think it was like their Christmas raffle, but then I came in and people were like, dude, they called your name like five times. You should have been here. And I'm like, damn it. I could have won some <laughs> free stuff, but we'll see. I will update you whether or not I get that goddamn ukulele, which, oh, I want to know what a $300 ukulele sounds like. Gold. Uh, ho- hopefully <laughs> it sounds like gold. It'll beat the devil in a fiddle contest, even though yeah, it's there you go. a ukulele. <laughs> anyway. He didn't say what, what weapon I can use. Oh, yeah. No, he just said, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't let him specify. Yeah. Gotta find those <laughs> loopholes. Uh, I'm going to hit him with my crazy kazoo solo. <laughs> I've never been able to get a kazoo to work. I don't understand how to make them work. That's a lie. I did it once. I did it once. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get into the news of the week. Um, so single player games are fun, right, Kevin? Yeah. They're, they're you enjoy fun. single player games? I, I enjoy a good single player game on occasion. I'm, I'm mainly there for the story aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, or for the meme ability. It really depends on the uh, depends on the okay. game. But I also most part, it's just a story. Yeah, I also very much like single player games. I I love a good story and like if there's good gameplay where I don't have to worry about my internet like conking out on me, like a good single player game will do it. Um but EA Games, the the good old good old company that everybody hate loves to hate and just everybody hates. Um <laughs> they they participated in the Twitter trend over the past week that's like they're a 10 but um oh, you've yeah. seen that, right Kevin? Yeah, 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 I've seen the meme. Um, so they were doing that, but their tweet, which got a lot of people heated, was they're a 10, but they only like playing single player games. To which the internet was like, no. <laughs> so a couple <laughs> of the comments are from one's from Donkey. Um, how are your tweets worse than your games? Which is hey. <laughs> fair, fair. Jack Septic Eye. They're a 10, but they thought this tweet was a good idea. <laughs> yep. Uh, user Grumpy Omega. They're a 10, but they made Anthem. Oh. <laughs> Had to do them like, like that. And other people pointed out that, like, EA does make single player games. Like, the Act Man tweeted, This You, and then a picture of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is a. Yeah the sequel to fallen order which is being made by ea so yeah what what, what does that mean <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's wrong with ea and or what they were, were drinking or who thought that was a good idea but they said roast well deserved we'll take this l because playing single player games actually makes them an 11 so i, I mean <laughs> stupid tweet but at least you took the l yeah i mean Maybe it was for conversation's sake, uh, but yeah, it it was. Uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, you would think that a that a game company that makes multiplayer and single player games would just be like, oh, "All right, well, we can we can discuss this some other time." But they're like, "No, nah, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're gonna go hundred percent in here." I mean, honestly, it's not even that much of an L for them because it like. It got people talking about EA. It got yeah. people engaged on their socials. And as someone who works in the social, like, yeah, you're getting roasted for it, but like, but it's engagement. Got, engagement is engagement. engagement. 
you have 33.5 thousand likes, 19.4 thousand retweets, and 16.1 thousand comments. Like, I mean, I've only been working in social for all, not even a year now. My year mark is the 19th. But, like, I only ever did one pretty good tweet that just, like, was organic that I made. Um, mm-hmm. And it was... It was it was something Harley Quinn related. It's like, um, it, I, I should know this. It was it was pretty big, but it's like um, Harley Quinn was like she has a PhD, but she she decides to do crime instead. And then someone commented, "She's just trying to pay the bills for all those student loans." <laughs> and I tweeted, uh, "The student loans are the real crime." And then yeah. that just started an entire huge thread that i did not expect to happen people were tweeting at joe biden about this tweet <laughs> i shit you not people were tweeting at joe biden and it's like see if if batman and harley quinn can say that um student loan is our student loans are, are bad then you need to fix this and it just it was this whole discourse that i did not expect to happen and like these like the, these pop culture sites started like writing articles about this this little tweet that i've thought off the top of my head which was engagement like engagement is engagement man we just take the those hell what is happening when i when i saw it <laughs> people tweeted joe biden what the fuck i was making a joke folks but hey engagement is engagement it's it's keep getting eyes on the account um, we take those yeah that's not an l that's that's kind of a w that's a dub like negative engagement guys is still engagement if you're ever wondering why like an account keeps posting certain things it's because people keep engaging with it and that's getting eyes on the account so if you don't like something just don't engage with it and if it doesn't perform they won't post it after a certain period of time that's how it works guys that is the secret behind social media i just i just gave away the goods that's how it works all the all the secrets have been that's the sauce that's how that sausage gets made um so speaking of reacting to things um this one's not so much not so fun as the other other story so um i've never played this game but there's a game called monkey island have you ever heard of it kevin i've heard of monkey island yes okay i've never actually heard of it but apparently a sequel is coming um Hmm. a sequel is is apparently in development however we're not going to be getting uh, any input or updates really from the developer, Ron Gilbert, because apparently people have been like, I guess they didn't like the updated art style or, or some other aspects of the game. And they went and they started pestering him and like harassing him and, and sending hate mail online. So he's just decided he was going to not talk about the game at all. Um, he is not going to be posting any updates just because the internet cannot handle anything that they don't like. Um, and, and that's not really, like, this is weird. This just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. So apparently with, with uh, God of War Ragnarok coming out too, um, people want updates for this game so, so badly that they've been sending dick pics to the, uh, to the developers. That's not how that works. No, that is it. Doesn't. That's not the. That's not the transaction. That's not how that 
how that's yeah. supposed to operate. So uh, one of the, I guess one of the devs, Estelle Tigani, uh, tweeted, pro tip, sending me dick pics asking for God of War Ragnarok release date will not, in fact, get me to reveal the release date to the people who are doing so. When did that ever work for you? And Corey Barlog, who is, I guess, I, I know he was the director of The Last God of War. I don't know what if he has a higher position in Santa Monica Studios, but he also tweeted, are you fucking kidding me with this now? I cannot believe I even have to say this, but don't fucking send dick pics to anyone on this team or anyone in this industry for that matter. They are busting their ass to make some for you to enjoy. Show some fucking respect. Um, which is, yes, that that's exactly... Why? When? One. When does sending a dick pic unsolicited, or solicited? I want to make solicited it works, but unsolicited. When does that ever work for anybody? And two, like, when does harassing like game developers into giving you information ever work? You're just going to upset them and make them not want to release anything. Yeah, revealing your donger is not going to give you the reveal of the release date. That's just not. It's not the that's not the law of equivalent exchange that I was uh, I was told in Full Metal Alchemist. So uh, <laughs> don't 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 send dick pic. I, I I will not reveal anything to you. That is just how it works. So I mean, if you try that alchemy, you're just gonna lose it. It's just gonna yeah go into the void. You're gonna have to figure out how to how to bring mom back. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean for for looking at it from the perspective of like the developers it's kind of like a damned if you do damned if you don't scenario like there's there's no way that they can win because if they don't release things in if they don't release things at the rate that fans want and i guess we're probably kind of part of well not part of this because we're not harassing anybody but like we'd like blizzard to be more well, I don't even know if we're, we're harassing them because we just want them to be more transparent and like do any update. But point point being, like, if you're a developer and you're not releasing updates or information or sharing things at the rate that fans would like, or if you share something that they don't like, then you're gonna get harassment for it. But if you if you do release something and if the fans don't like it, then they're going to get mad. Or if you do release something and then there's even a little bit of a lag, then fans will start to get angry because, oh, what are you doing? Why are you not sharing things? Where did you go? Why are you not talking to us anymore? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's that rabid and like working in social, I've really, really seen that, especially with my current project that I'm working on. But it's like, there is really no way to ever please the fandom. Yeah, it's... uh the fandom is like a really clingy ex. Uh, they just <laughs> they constantly just want to know where you're at and what you're doing. Uh, and the the second that you go some and tell them like yo I'm working on something like leave me alone, they they want to know more. So uh, not from experience, but just saying don't don't do that. <laughs> not from experience, he says. Yeah, not from experience. Just. Just don't don't do that. I I will uh I will get mad. <laughs> um yeah, just in general, don't harass anybody, please. Please don't. Um it 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 just 
it doesn't help anything. It just makes you look like an ass and then you can get called out on the internet for it. And then people will laugh at you and call you an ass. And in some situations, you lose your job over it, which is not worth it. It's a video game, guys. It'll come out eventually. Um, so moving on to our single NFT story of the week. Um, you remember Fran, right, Kevin? Who? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 Fran. Okay, so for those of you who don't know who she was or remember who she was, she was an Overwatch streamer. I believe she was with the Toronto Defiant. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Toronto Defiant. She used to date Dante um, up until 2020 when they revealed that they were no longer a thing. Um, but she got pretty good views on Twitch. And at one point, I think people were harassing her. So she decided that she was not going to stream anymore. Um turns out what she decided to do instead of of doing the uh hold on let me find it what she decided to do instead of streaming was she could you guess kevin can you guess what she decided to do i i mean it's uh it's the story it's the the headline yep i mean she, she I, got I, she I got get, Mikata. I sent you the link i talked about it already you're looking at the notes page but can you guess yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, she got she got caught up in the the NFTs and crypto stuff. Yep. Um, and I I remember the tweet. I think she put out. I don't know if she put out a tweet longer or something, but it was like her saying like, "I'm constantly getting harassed over, like wanting yeah. to do this," and so she decided to leave. Which I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. I mean, that's your your decision to make. So, we'll we'll go ahead and let you do that, but. Yeah, we're not like yeah, you, you do you. Like we're not going to stop you. Yeah. So, um uh she posted I think to Reddit is where she posted this a longer statement. She also probably posted it to Twitter too. Um but it was posted again, it was reposted by Neon Socks who who pretty much breaks it down in this. It's like she acknowledges it's a scam. She acknowledges that it hurts people. And she says she's okay with hurting people because they should know better and she made lots of gains. So here is what Fran's statement is. Let me explain what I've been doing in NFTs the past year to hopefully give you a better understanding of my perspective. I want to preface this by saying I strongly believe 99% of NFTs are scams and that I have never ever sold an NFT to a follower viewer intentionally that I know of as everything is done anonymously. The listing, selling, and buying of NFTs. That being said, NFTs being a scam does not mean they're not profitable. I treated it like a game. I would do excessive amounts of research for an upcoming NFT, study the trends, the charts, the dev team, and more to determine the profitability. I got so fucking good at trading that I made money. I made more money in three months of NFTs than I did in my entire five-year Overwatch streaming career. However, profiting means that there has to be a loser because this is a zero-sum game. Quite honestly, I was okay with this because if you're buying a picture of an ugly looking bear for 20,000 US dollars, yes, I made a trade like this, you deserve to lose your money. Don't get me wrong, I'm a rug pull victim myself and I have lost money a few times. However, it's nothing compared to my gains. Uh, after that, Fran also tweeted, You do realize the price of NFTs are created by groups of people and their speculations, and that trading is done anonymously on marketplaces, right? If you're trying to feel sorry for the person who bought my NFT, you're literally empathizing with other NFTers. What I meant by 99% of NFTs are scam is that most of these projects don't last long and end up falling in price over time. So, 
Yeah. Um, even our beloved Overwatch creators are falling to the NFT nonsense, which is like, on one hand, it's like, I, I don't agree with the NFT trend. Um, and I don't empathize with people who are, are really getting, you're trying, still trying to get into this trend or who have gone into this trend. But on the other hand, it's like, I also don't agree with Fran scamming people out of their money and being like, I get it's a free market. They did it on their own will, but it just, it feels scummy. Yeah. It's like, she's essentially saying like, you did this yourself. So like, it's not, it's not my fault. And that, that feels gross. Not, not just like, because there's like a lack of essentially she's blaming the lack of like knowledge of the of the space and saying like oh it's your fault that you right. don't know what's going on right um yeah and that just that feels feels bad uh, it's like she's she's thinks she's taking accountability here but she's really not yeah Anyway, that was that was the update of NFTs for the week. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it was Overwatch semi-related this time, so it's okay. We can we're we're kind of justified in talking about it, even yeah. though I would have talked about it anyway. Um, but now that we've started talking about Overwatch things, let's go into more Overwatch things. So, um, now that overwatch 2 is kind of on the horizon it looks like the game devs are actually being a little bit more responsive and doing more updates than they used to do in the how many years has it been since overwatch 2 was announced kevin like three yeah it's almost like three almost yeah it feels like three years yeah yeah so in god three years that's such a long time to wait oh my god it's so hard to believe it's with three years because like we 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 were there when we they announced it like we talked about it yeah oh my god we talked about it literally the day of and it just feels weird that it's like you know it's still not here yet we're still we're still waiting it's almost here but it's not Um, yeah anyway so the devs have actually kind of been a little bit more responsive than they have been in the past three years um so in the midtown map um i'm not exactly sure where it is in the map but there are some benches that uh apparently were not they they were designed in such a way that they reflect like the actual benches of midtown is in new york city correct yeah i believe Yeah. yeah so they're actually replicating what you would see in new york city however some players had a problem with this because um, the way that the benches are designed in real life is meant to um, be very, I guess, uh, I don't know how the what the proper terminology is, is but they're meant to be more, very kind of aggressive towards homeless people in that. Yeah, the uh, it's not the ergonomic. Yeah, yeah, it's not ergonomic. It's not comfortable. It's not designed to be used as, I guess, a bed because what homeless people often have to resort to doing is using benches as beds and you're seeing this now more often in urban landscapes that these benches with the the armrests in the middle make it impossible to lay down comfortably um and are are meant to discourage homeless folks but that's just kind of fucked up in in a lot of ways um 
So one mm-hmm. of the users of Overwatch, or not users, players um, of Overwatch 2 has a, a Twitter account, Clear Together. She pointed these, um, th- this violent, I don't even know violent architecture is the right word, but the anti-homeless architecture of these benches out to Blizzard. Um, and then Blizzard went and they changed it. So... Uh, I think who's this guy? One second. Okay, so um, I guess what happened was uh, Gavin Jurgens. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. It's F Y H R I E. Fiery, Gavin Jurgens. Fiery. Um, he's the lead <laughs> narrative designer and writer for Overwatch and a bunch of other games with Blizzard. Um, but he tweeted out that this was great feedback. Also, we decided early in the map story development that overwatch's new york offers free safe housing for people some of this is in the map bo with further details planned for later how we hope the world will be is a big part of our story dev so um it's i guess it's a good sign that they are actually paying attention to what the uh the community is saying now i think maybe at the start of the development for overwatch 2 had this been pointed out i don't know if this would have this change would have been made but I guess I, I am glad that it's been made because it's a it's a friendlier look for the city, which Overwatch is all about being friendly in spite of murdering each other over pushing a payload. But I also like the fact that it means that they're paying attention again. Yeah, they're they're paying attention to like little details that still proves that they're an inclusive space. Um and that's kind of what Overwatch was kind of, was really built off of, um, and yeah, they're just kind of keeping that mission statement going forward. So uh, good on them to change the architecture and landscape, just to you know at least be aware of what's going on there. Also, I just hate these kind of benches in general. Like, they yeah, they're they're annoying. LA. Do they have them in San Francisco? Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah, I mean, like I I used to have to sit on one of them like when I was waiting for the bus to take me back to my apartment from variety and it's like if i wanted to put my bag down on the bench it was really uncomfortable because i had to like put it on the other side of like the the armrest so it's like farther away from me and it's harder to make it make sure like i can grab it easily and that it's like within reach and then i can hold on to it in case someone tries to grab it for me because like i have to now stretch my arm across the stupid armrest and hold on to it so they're not only like used to prevent homeless people from being comfortable but like just anybody who use it is uses it is now less comfortable and also they're kind of ugly just give me a normal bench yeah now you eat up more space than you really want to as well so just a little little minor inconveniences but it's still like annoying to have to essentially rearrange everything uh just to make it kind of work you know yeah um but also now the Overwatch 2 beta is live for everybody, including console players, um, which, again, I never understood why if the purpose of these betas and like the PTR tests was to gather data, I don't understand why they didn't include this with console players, because there's still a large like I get that this game was intended mostly for PC and that the competitive scene is mostly on PC but you still have a huge player base that is on console. So why not include them anyway? Mm -hmm. um, The beta is now live and 
I got access to it. I am dumb and I paid the $40 for the the pack because I didn't get it the first day. And I'm like, huh, I don't want to wait. So I went out that day and bought it because <laughs> I'm dumb. Um, I mean, it's for, it's for uh, it's a business expense, Smile. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I could claim it as a business expense. <laughs> anyway. Not that we just watched uh, <laughs> an entire movie on uh, <laughs> tax fraud or anything. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I mean, she's a singer. She's got a karaoke machine. It's fine. It's, it's a character trait. It's, like, it's a fun, quirky character trait. We're all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, the laundromat can also be a karaoke studio. Why not? You know? Yeah. Um, but so I've started playing it. I really, I have mixed feelings about it. I don't, I still don't know whether I like the 5v5 model. Um, mm-hmm. I really like playing um, Sojourn. I didn't expect to yeah. like it as much. Yeah. Uh, and like the league has been really picking up on Sojourn too. So it's just like it's sojourn meta time yeah it's people learning how that works and operates and having a lot of fun with it and i, d- I don't blame it like it it's brings back like from from people who i've like who've played games for a while they're like yeah it's really cool to have you know some of the quake guns come back like the rail gun and it have like a spiritual successor in overwatch and i'm like yeah, I guess like if that's the way that you want to go about it, it it is pretty cool to have like a gun that you're kind of kind of familiar with, like seeing, and it being translated to you know a more modern game and something that people could actually get behind. So, yeah. uh, really cool overall. I'm I'm excited to see how other players decide to utilize that. Yeah, I mean, I, the the railgun is a little bit harder to to land than I'm used to, especially coming from a tank role. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like I, I feel like she's a little strong right now. As much as I like playing her as she is, I feel like she's she's just a little a tad strong, especially how fast she'll gain her her ult charge, especially when she's going up. Not ult charge her her railgun charge, especially when she's going up against the tanks. Um, but that being said, she's so much fun to play. She feels like a more aggressive version of soldier, and, and the fact mm-hmm. that you don't really have. Uh, you can't run away as fast. Um, you have to wait for the cooldown of her her power slide. You also don't have the healing, so I feel like you have to play her a little bit more carefully. But she's also more focused on just I think it feels like being more aggressive and and getting a lot more damage in a lot quicker because soldier can can run around, peek out from places, heal himself up. Um, and also you have to wait for the cooldown for his helix rockets where for sojourn you just build up however much railgun charge and then fire it off Mm -hmm. i've also been playing a lot more of dps than tank even though i am a tank main because like i i one of the i don't know if this is just the beta because everyone wants to play the new tanks right now but like i think one of the the consequences of removing the tank player is that if you want to play tank that has the number of available spots if you're just random queuing to get into a game. Yeah, it it does hurt that that one slot that you would normally have. And um, I do see that, like, it, it feels like there's a lot, not only a lot more responsibility on the one tank player, but there's also, like, a lot more, um, there's a lot more pressure to perform well. Because if you if you mess up, it's just, 
uh, it's all on you. <laughs> you can't like you can't have like extra reliability with having like the off tank being able to at least sustain a little bit in the middle of a fight. Right, right. Um, have you gotten to try Junker Queen at all, or have seen any of her play? I have not. Okay. Um, no. Whenever I'm tanking, like I haven't. Even though, as much as I love having the second fire strike for Ryan, like Junker Queen's the new shiny thing, so I've been playing a lot more of her than pretty much any other tank. But like, I mean, it took me a while to understand how to play her a little bit. Um, you really have to focus on using her knife and getting the um the wound damage because that's how she heals, and that's I think her core mechanic is the uh, the damage over time and preventing heals with her wound mechanic. So if you melee with the knife, then you get um, wound time. If you throw the knife and pull it back, however, whoever gets hit with it gets wound time. Uh, her ult gets wound time. Her her axe swing gets wound time. So playing Junker Queen just really feels like balancing that all of those abilities out and making sure that you're wounding as many people as possible and keeping that wound time up so that you're healing yourself and you're keeping yourself in the fight. Um, I think she's a lot of fun to play. She's very definitely. Um, favors cl up close combat uh i do think she needs to be maybe this is just me being inexperienced with her um but i think she needs to be just a little bit more tanky and a little bit different than the other kind of up close heroes like she's very she feels very similar to roadhog because he's got the scrap gun she has the shotgun um he has the hook her knife can pull people back she has her mm -hmm. shout which heals a little bit he's got his um take a breather which heals a up breather. a little bit yeah, yeah. so uh, one she feels a little i don't know she feels a little bit weak to be a tank even though i i do enjoy her play i think she's not as big of a threat as some of the other tanks with the bigger health pools and like bigger sustainability um but also she just she just makes roadhog feel kind of obsolete yeah that's one thing that I was like, I was really afraid of when I was looking at the kit. I was like, when would you ever pick Roadhog over like having the same ability with Junker Queen and the knife, right? Um, yeah. It, it I just mean, if feels. I think if you want to like pull people in more for close quarters, then you'd pick Hog, but like I don't think you would really need that as much. Yeah, it's not like it's not a necessity. So. That's why I think like a lot more players will probably lean towards not only the fact that it's like ooh new shiny character, but also like it uh, it gives more to the team um, than you really really would expect to, right. to come out of this. That being said, though, like Hog does feel tankier than mm -hmm. Junker Queen. I think maybe because of his size um, and also like the heaviness of his attacks, plus also like his bigger health pool might be it, but like, whereas Junker Queen is the more, I think has better utility and is probably more useful right now. I, like she just doesn't feel like a tank to me as, as much as Hog does. Mm -hmm. I feel like that does come down to like, just not only public perception, but just like also, the way how the character holds themselves like Junker Queen is like made to kind of just go out there and, and do what they do best. Uh, meanwhile, like 
Hog has a very specific like purpose of just being, you know, this huge guy who can go and take certain fights. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like it is gonna come down to the way how people are gonna play the character, and hopefully, we do get to see a little bit more moving forward. Yeah, and as they make tweaks to her, and as like we as players get more used to her playstyle, like it took me a while to under again. It, 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 I didn't understand how to really play her until I was like, Oh, you just have to keep wounding people. And like, you really have to balance out your use of the knife. Um, mm-hmm. So as we get more used to that, then I think maybe we'll be, I'll get, she'll just feel more tanky to me. I don't know. Um, speaking of tanks, something that I've discovered today um, there. So with the absence of two tanks um, presents a strange thing with the voice lines, because I was watching, um it, it came up on my YouTube feed a video of like some of the the rare voice lines that you would find in Overwatch 2 that have been recorded and added. Um and there's a voice line between Winston and Hammond when they're talking about like the other apes in the moon colony. And then mm-hmm. the thing is you'll n- never really be able to hear that unless you're playing like open queue. Um or if they have an open queue kind of format in when the full game releases where you can play two tanks if you want to um Mm -hmm. but unless you have that like that voice line and i don't know how many others they've recorded with two tanks interacting i don't people aren't going to hear that and they're not going to hear those bits of lore because um i'd have to go back and like just re-figure out which what the name is but they like mention a specific like ape from the lunar colony that both of them knew yeah and I mean, it's important for the lore's sake, but also, like, the only time when that would work is if there was, like, we, first of all, get Horizon Lunar Colony back, right? And then it's just a game mode where you have to pick three hamsters and three Winstons, and then just, (laughs) it's just, like, a tank fiesta going on over there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I do think that that would be the way to go about it. I do wonder why they recorded these voice lines unless they just meant for them to be very rare and for to only pop up in specific voice modes when they, they know a majority of the time they're not going to be used. They're never going to come out because players, I think, are not going to be playing those those modes specifically. And again, I'm wondering what other tank duos have voice lines together that we're not going to hear. I don't yeah. like 5v5. I do I do miss my 6v6. I miss having two tanks. Um and then the last big thing that came in this that I'm playing now is push mode. What do you think of push mm. mode, Kevin? I think honestly like it's good that they're replacing 2CP with it cuz yeah. there's there's no potential for a draw in that and it makes it a lot easier to like handle overall. So I think that's that's really helpful, but at the same time, it's like it it will come down to the way how the players are gonna react to it and play it. Um, I hope that we have enough. Like, I hope that that becomes a mode that like people actually enjoy and kind of understand the reason why we're moving towards that more. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mode that's just very easy to steamroll. Like when I was playing it, if if my team was winning we were winning by a lot. If we were losing, we were losing by a lot. So I don't know if that's just the games that I played or if that's just me sucking or if that's just an inherent um, part of the mode that it's 
it's just all about momentum. Um, what else? Uh, it's interesting that you can lose your forward spawn too in that. Like if the if you get that forward spawn position and the bot gets pushed back too far, that you lose that advantage. Yeah, it. I mean, it it is a way of balancing it out, and I understand that. But at the same time, it still feels kind of like it feels kind of weird that yeah, depending on the state of the game depends on your spawn, and it can switch at any time depending on the progress. I guess it's it, it incentivizes well I mean the incentive to keep the robot moving forward is winning the game but like it, it's just something that makes the the loss of progress just more tangible and like conscious I guess you could say um but also like I don't feel like the the forward spawn positions are really all that significant like they don't your forward spawn isn't that far away from like the old spawn. And I guess in like, at, when it comes to like overtime and you're really rushing to get to the point, maybe it matters then, but like it just, it didn't feel significant to me when I was like in, in the, for, the advanced spawn placement, it's like, Oh, I am two seconds ahead of where I would have normally spawned. Like, could they not have moved it a little closer up? So it feels like you're actually like unlocking something um impactful i don't know how you felt about like the positions of those yeah it's just like either commit to the space and like make it so that it's rewarding me for the play that i'm doing or or don't like uh it's just it's just kind of weird Anyway, well, now that Overwatch 2 has released, um, the first, or not 2, the second beta has released, um, Twitch numbers haven't been all that great. Like, during the first Twitch, uh, not first Twitch, during the first beta, like, obviously Overwatch had that huge increase in viewership because one of the ways to get an Overwatch 2 beta key was to watch Twitch. So I think they had 1.46 million views on Twitch um, throughout launch day. So that was a high for the Overwatch Twitch viewership. Um, but it immediately decreased as soon as people got their um, their codes. Now looking at the um, the viewership right now for Overwatch with the second beta, um, it hasn't even cracked 100,000 concurrent viewers. So viewership is just very very low um and like i think i don't know if this was a way for overwatch to i don't know if overwatch was expecting this and they were doing this to um try to supplement those numbers or if this was completely independent but overwatch came out with the uh the new brig uh medic skin and the way to unlock that was to gift three subscriptions to to their list of channels and like kevin i don't do twitch can you explain to me what gifting a subscription is so essentially it's like you, you pay five bucks and instead of somebody else getting like the sub goes to the player or like to the to the actual streamer so it's supporting them mm-hmm. um but the other half of it is like um it it's supporting the stream itself but it 
instead of you getting the money, it's going to it's still going to the same streamer. So essentially, you're gifting somebody a subscription so that they get like certain things such as like emotes and like technically there's like sub only streams if they if the um what is it if the person really likes it they can do it um but honestly overall like it's still the same amount of money as like the $15 buy for the old um for the mercy skin so yeah it's it's kind, of, it's kind of the same vibe as what they're trying to do here but i do get it like it does encourage people to gift subs and get more people involved but at the same time it's just kind of like why <laughs> so this is kind, it's kind of like a one-time subscription fee to a streamer yeah it's a, it's a one-time sub to to streamer for like a month and then after that month okay. they don't have access to all the all the sub uh perks because it just it just ends it's just like a one-time deal mm, okay okay i get it um so this support a streamer for the brig skin was from it started on june 29th it's going until july 19th at 11 a.m um one of the big criticisms of this is that it's only going to a pre-approved list of Overwatch streamers. What some people wanted to see um, as Nagima or Nejima on the Overwatch forum said, it should be available to any Overwatch streamer. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of it going to streamers who could probably really use the money, again, it's Overwatch's approved list. So people like XQC who don't really who aren't really hurting for subscribers. And again, I, I do not understand why XQC is on this list because he's not that great a person. Um, and there's a bunch of non overwatch streamers like disguise toast and creator who are in this list. So a problem is, is it's not going to, you don't really have as much of a choice as you would like. Um, one of my friends is like, I would have loved to have done this if they were, using the money for something like charity instead of just giving more money to streamers who are already making a lot of money. Um, community manager Andy Belford said that players are far overestimating what all but the most successful players earn. Um, his response to the forum post was, for this first event, we intentionally kept it to a limited list. This first SAS is for us to gather data and learn. Should it be successful, we'll build on that and most likely expand availability. Um, I I don't think that this is what they this response that they wanted from it. It's obviously not helping their Twitch numbers. Um, and I uh, I don't understand how they went about selecting their list of streamers when some people aren't even like part of the Overwatch community. They're probably just trying to poach viewership. Is my guess. Yeah, I. I understand from a marketing standpoint of like getting the bigger streamers to support for this, but at the same time, I feel like it's equally like it it's equally as important to support your smaller streams and the people who are like starting not not I'm not saying like from the bottom, but essentially like the the people who can give you viewership and that are actually playing your game, you know? That we're not just here to 
enjoy the ride the whole time, right? We're we're here to actually go through and like essentially support your game at that point. Um you you already do it with like the beta key when people could watch anybody to get the beta key. Um so what's stopping you now from doing that but for literally the the all the other games that are that are available here. So um yeah, kind of kind of a big question mark there, but at the same time like I don't see why Blizzard isn't supporting everybody in this moment um when they really should be prioritizing that. And I feel like supporting all the streamers as opposed to just a little bit would like help bolster the Overwatch community in a way that really needs it, considering that some people mm-hmm. are like still think it's a dying game even on the eve of Overwatch 2 coming out. And it would bring a lot more necessary community and like revitalization of those over old Overwatch streamers that would validate their their decision to stick with the game as opposed to like I guess someone who's been streaming it for a few years not getting this opportunity as opposed to like some dude who just streams random games. Yeah, and I I do think that you should you should reward players for streaming your game. And if it has to be, you know, even if it's a small like thing, it's really important to to keep the community not not just the community happy, but just to keep like the player base themselves engaged, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, our last story of the day has to do as another, obviously it's another Overwatch one, but um, our last story has to do with another skin thing, but it, it's, um, you've seen the, uh, the, the new diva skin, right? The official, well, not the official, but like the second classic skin, like the default two for, for diva, yeah. right? Um, what do you think of it? Uh, I I think that they updated the armor. Don't like the dash in the esports, but I get it. Um, but yeah, that's about it. <laughs> I like her look a lot. I think it looks really cool. I think it looks like she's like matured as a person more, and she's like more into like the the omnic fighting. I guess it's like it's more sleek. It's more streamlined. It looks more like armor as opposed to just like a skin suit you know mm-hmm. um but the the reason why o- diva's overwatch 2 look is making news is because her booty got a buff um if you look at like there's comparisons online if you look at her booty in overwatch 1 and overwatch 2 it's like significantly bigger in overwatch 2 and that's not just limited to like a single um pose kind of like how um the complaints about tracer were it wasn't just like the complaint wasn't that her booty was big. The complaint was that in this certain pose, her booty's too um, bootylicious, I guess you could say. Um, but people are, are pointing this out now, and I think for the most part, they like it. The thing is, is like, if you like it and you don't want people to like complain about it and get it taken away, I would have just like not said anything. Because now that you pointed it out, there's going to be people in the community who are like oh you're over sexualizing her like oh you're, you're making her booty too prominent you need to take that out and that's just like alerts people who complain that there is now something to complain about again yeah like if you like it just like 
just I quietly understand. enjoy it <laughs> exactly i understand giving praise but when it's something like this that you like has a history of being nerfed because people complained like you're pointing and you're, you're like telling them hey complain about this thing please complain about this thing so you get it taken away for all of us i just i just hope that they don't uh they don't have to retcon that uh <laughs> Like they retconned her StarCraft playing. Yeah, just, just keep it in the game. It's all good. Uh, as long and as long as it doesn't like increase Diva's hitbox, I think we'll be fine too. Because uh, like <laughs> you know, I think about we, we gotta we gotta we gotta play the dodge game. But if my cheeks get like shot once and I get destroyed, uh, you know you know I'll be complaining. <laughs> I mean, she is a tank for a reason. Anyway, I think that's the that's it for the official news this week. Um, again, it was a long holiday weekend. I did nothing, and I forgot to uh, to watch the Overwatch League. But I'll be on it next week, I promise. So no Overwatch League stuff this week. Um, next week I will be on it, and I will be watching stuff, and we will break that down for you. Um, Kevin, any other last words of wisdom or funny sounds you can make or or whimsical thoughts about? Uh, googly eyes and hot dog fingers yeah uh it it was a lot watch it watch, watch uh everything or uh, everything everywhere all at once just do it once uh watch the googly eye hot dog finger movie yes uh that is that is all i need to say um and yeah um I'm I'm returning back to streaming. I'm doing a lot more. Um, I've seen that. I've seen your streams. Pop I'm up slowly coming back. Phone. Yeah, um, I've been wearing a new Pokemon like Hawaiian tee every single time. Uh, there's a vote on my on my Twitter whenever I do that. So uh, feel free to tune in, enjoy those games, uh, and we'll see we'll see how far how far we get with that. Okay, Kevin. Last thing before we log we log off for the week. Yes. Do you believe in multiverse theory? Does it actually Ooh. exist, or is it just like wishful thinking that there's another universe with you doing other things out there, and an infinite number of yous out there? I I would like to think that there is another universe out there where, um, yeah, we we get to just there. There's like an infinite amount of like things that could have happened. Um, I, I get it, like, the wishful thinking idea of, like, this could all just be fake, but at the same time, it's just, like, we, we could enjoy what we have, too. Um, so, so I definitely think that it's, it's doable. I know there's, like, some scientific studies out there that are pointing to it being a possibility. Like, there are some scientific studies out there that point to the possibility that we live in a simulation. Um, I personally, while I, like talk about multiverse a lot of the time as a joke it's like oh in, in another universe i would be doing this instead right now i i personally don't think it actually exists i would like to um i think it'd be cool and i again i joke about it all the time but i don't think there's actually a multiverse i think it's just fun to think about but multiverses is a game and uh it is it is it's coming it do be arriving pretty soon. You can play as Ultra Instinct Shaggy fighting Batman, fighting Jake the Dog. Like, what more do you? Yeah, want? exactly. 
Well, anyway, everybody, thank you for listening to us wherever you are and whenever you do. Um, I was going to try to make a joke about everything everywhere all at once, but I can't. Um, but yeah, watch the googly eye hot dog finger movie. It's it's a good time. It'll make you think. It'll make you if you understand a little bit about it, it'll you'll feel smarter by the end of it. Um, also, it just it just looks pretty. It's just fun too. Just It'll turn be a off pretty your, movie. If you don't want to understand it and just want to watch it, just for the sheer watching of it, turn your brain off. It's fine. Um, anyway, we will catch you next week, guys. Thanks for tuning in and adios. Next week, we update you on the Overwatch League and the world of gaming. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Send us an email at B-L-E-A-V-N-O-W-L at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with us, you can contact the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.